Bring out the talent. Bring out the talent. Bring out the talent. Welcome to Bring Out the Talent, a podcast featuring learning and development experts discussing innovative approaches and industry insights. Tune in to hear our talent help develop yours. Now here are your hosts, PTA's CEO and President Maria Melfa and Talent Manager Jocelyn Allen. Good morning, Jocelyn. Well, good morning, Maria. It is lovely to see you. I feel like already with the energy in the room that today is going to be a really, really good episode. I also do. And as I was rushing, thinking that I was late for a time management podcast, <laughs> Talk <laughs> well, about that irony. actually <laughs> is a webinar we're having on Friday. So that's a whole different story. Yep. How ironic. Right. But it all leads back to our guests today. It does. So at least we're staying on track. (laughs) Absolutely. Did you know that according to a recent study, 68% of customers leave a company because they feel their business doesn't care about them? As a leader, it's crucial to prioritize customer service and create a culture that values and fosters excellent customer experiences. Joining us in this episode is Holly O'Donnell, founder of Sloan Solutions, a leading customer service consultancy firm. Holly, who has over 20 years of consulting and training expertise, is an expert in creating cultures of service leadership and has worked with numerous organizations to help them transform their customer service strategies. Together, we will explore how leaders can prioritize customer service, empower their employees, and drive long-term success. All so very important. Welcome, Holly. Thank you so much. It's an absolute delight to be here. Good morning. To say that I am excited is an understatement. Holly, I am so excited to have you with us and to bring your energy into one of our podcasts and obviously to talk about a culture of service leadership. Uh, Leadership development is what we do here. We do it very frequently um, with you, in fact. And so we're just as excited as you are to have you here sharing some of your knowledge and expertise with us. Well, thank you so much. Absolute delight. It's a fantastic topic and one that's near and dear to my heart. I think I, I live it and breathe it. So excited to be a part of the, this, this discussion and this dialogue today and thrilled for any team that truly considers this as a discussion. When we start looking at discussions from moving from client-centric to guest-centric and operating in ways that might not be the easiest for us, but really focusing on the experience of things, it's a good dialogue. It's a fun, it's a fun discussion to have. So thanks. Absolutely. (laughs) Agreed. Well, let's get started in learning a little bit more about you and what kind of brought you to being so passionate about this subject matter. So can you tell us a little bit more about the work that you do with Sloan Solutions and starting um, your own corporation that way? Absolutely. I would say customer service, hospitality has always just been a part of the DNA from my very first roles when I was 16 years old. Everything was in hospitality. It was a hostess in a restaurant. So I was brought up in the hospitality space and just had an incredible passion to say, hey, let's take that knowledge and then transition over into that, that training and development space and help other businesses and organizations and teams do that. So Sloan Solutions, we truly just try to inspire thought and motivate change. And anytime that we 
change the way that we operate to enhance and provide a better guest experience is is what we try to do and, and to help teams do. So I say we, it's all inclusive language for for me always. And it's it's basically myself and then whoever I can partner with within organization. So it's always a we, it's always a collaboration and a journey. So that's the we element there. So so what type of work do you do with customers to help them develop these principles that are important in service leadership? Um, goodness gracious, what do we do? It's everything from process improvement. It could be scripting and writing scripts for teams as to the word tracks that we use when we communicate with our customers, our clients, our guests, determining the goal, the why. So it can be um, actual goal planning and saying, how do we even take the first steps to start an initiation and to start implementing? It, it goes back to onboarding, it goes to training, it goes to leadership mindset. So there is a multitude of different topics and, and approaches. It, it, it's focusing on the experience. It's focusing on empowerment, helping leadership develop their teams and to inspire uh, their teams to provide a consistent experience for the guests. And it shapes cultures. It makes an impact. In the world today, when we started at the beginning, we said 68% of customers, they leave there's so much noise out there. And I think that every organization is trying to figure out how to differentiate, how to stand apart and be different, but also maintain a loyal client base. And if we can discover that magic formula, then we notice that our business grows. And typically those are the teams and the organizations that their cultures are awesome. And you hear about them and you're like, whoa, I want to go work for that that company. Uh, so we try to uh, create that and, and enhance the cultures and teams and the leadership to develop and create that experience. You find that the clients that reach out to you because they need help already are pretty good at it, but they really want to get better or, and I'm sure there's a mix, you have clients that are severely failing in this area. And they're like, Holly, we need help, girl. It is a mix of both. I love when someone actually makes the first approach and says, hey, we need help. This is the culture. We've got the foundation and the tenants and we have the the foundational elements. These are the five standards or the the foundational um, pieces, the pillars, if you if you will, that we focus on, and to say let's implement and see how we can take the pillars and our our company culture and grow on it. Typically, those individuals that need the largest help are typically because I've experienced them, and I'm either writing a letter. So when we get surveyed on everything, we experience, we go to the grocery store, we go to a hotel and we're getting a survey at the end of the experience. I'm never one that's just going to post an experience on social media and walk away. If I'm writing a letter to an organization, I'm typically giving them tips and pointers as to what I would look for if they wanted to maintain my 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 patronage if they want to keep me loyal as a customer a guest a client what however you're going to label it i typically will say hey have you thought about and that typically is what would uh, spark the conversation where the teams would then reach out and go hey i like that you are take you take that approach too and you and you twist kind of like the delivery of the information and say well from my experience here's you know, where I would go. And that word that you said, like, have you thought about this? That way it is more of an introduction. I think that that's a really clear, like tactical approach to to get the conversation started. So if we could dig a little bit deeper into the topic, like what 
are the key qualities that make a customer ser- or uh, yeah, a customer service leader stand out? And you talked a little bit about cultivating it within the organization, but what are those key qualities? Empowerment is absolutely necessary. We can't, I've never been able to, to duplicate myself. So <laughs> if I could, wow, talk about be, being 10 times more productive, but we can't do it on our own. The experiences are are through the training and the development that we provide through our teams. So if we want to create a word track and talk about communication, we have to cascade that message first and foremost to our teams and the frontline employees who are delivering the experiences to those clients who come in, whether that is through an email experience. So we look at those elements that really make it up for the teams and and also focusing on, have I taken the journey myself as to what the guest is experiencing? So am I putting my feet into the customer's shoes and knowing exactly what they're going to experience? And then asking myself, hey, where did my team falter or where did we succeed? Like celebrate the successes too, because that's pretty awesome. But looking at the actual journey and saying, okay, where are those pain points? Where can I fine tune it and create an experience that someone's going to talk about it? A good experience because we're bipolar. We only talk about the really awesome experiences that we have in life or the really bad ones that we have. We don't talk about the mundane cup of coffee that we get from Starbucks or from McDonald's or Dunkin' Donuts or Pete's during the day. We don't. We talk about those moments in our life that stand out because there was an emotional connection attached to it. So we have to ask ourselves as an organization, what is the training necessary for my team that they can provide consistent experiences to my guests, my customers, my clients? Is that going to be training on emotional intelligence? Is that to build up the insight as to how my interactions impact the relationship? Is that training on simply communication stylings? Um, is it customer service tra- training? And, and we look at you know those approaches. I also think having a service mentality, just shifting the mindset from, from profit and transaction to relationships is also going to really foster a, that key to success. I always find it fascinating when you go into a, it probably would be relatively a small store. So you can really look at the dynamic. And if you see the leader of say a store really being very good with customer service and you see all of the people or the reverse where you see the manager that seems like they're in a very bad mood. And then it seems like all the employees are in a very bad mood. There actually was this specialty children's store called the rugged bear that actually went out to went out of business, but it was actually a successful store. They opened up several locations And it was funny because you went in there and the manager was just in the worst mood, always yelling at her employees. The employees just looked like they were in just such a horrible mood. They were afraid to even say anything. And they had wonderful merchandise, but it's funny because all of the locations went out of business and it makes me wonder why that happened. Mm -hmm. Wow. Yeah. It's a number of different things, right? It's not, it's, it isn't just about how great the product is. Yes, It's about the environment that you're putting it in. Right. I mean, I've been plenty of places where I'm like, geez, I wish that the service was better because like, this is really (laughs) great, you know? (laughs) So I absolutely, I understand that completely too. 
we'll pay more for a better experience. We'll, yes, we'll pay more right, for right. A, a fine dining. And we also expect more. We have a different expectation sure. as, as well. So, and we have to make certain that we empower our teams that they're consistent in their delivery and how they show up when they are interacting with our guests and our clients and our customers. And we have to train to that because it's that one moment where we have that bad experience that we go, what happened? That wasn't what I was used to. And then, right. <laughs> then you, you, you start looking someplace else. Yeah. Right. Right. You're right. I, when, I mean, I, there's customer service to everything that we do, but when I worked in a retail environment, one of the things that we always, that was always communicated to us is that somebody will share a bad experience to more people in an instant versus having a good experience 10 times over bad news travels fast like that, that what they say is definitely true. So, I mean, you said Holly, like it's about that one moment and saying kind of like, what, what could we have done better here? So when we talk about things like Maria's example, it didn't seem to be embedded into like their core or like any of their values. So how, how do these customer service leaders ensure that service is consistently prioritized and even embedded in, in, in the culture of what they do? Constantly talk about it. Constantly talk about it every day. Be annoying about it. Go up and talk to everybody and say, hey, and also model the way, like be what we expect, right? We cannot beat our teams down and be abusive to our, our, our staff. I'd look at customer service and sometimes it's some of the hardest roles being able to interface every single day. And it become it can become very monotonous. Early in my career, it was shaped by Disney. I was on the Disney college program and made a career out of out of that um, journey for five years after I graduated college. But it, it becomes monotonous every single day if people are calling in and asking the same question over and over and over again. How do you make it fresh? How do you make certain that you're considering that the person that's dialing in, that's the first time that they might be asking that particular question or making that inquiry, no matter where you're at? So, and that goes over to whether or not you're an insurance firm or whether you're a financial agency, that that redundant question that keeps coming in where, where people are asking, what's the cost or what's the what are the hours of operation, making it a fresh element. So leaders need to be be fresh, model, model the way, and then show appreciation to their teams. I'm a huge, huge advocate that leader leadership skill is appreciation one that we all need to master and being able to celebrate the wins and to simply just acknowledge to our teams. Thank you. Thank you. I think every market out there is having a problem with talent and having enough individuals on their team to provide that experience. So, but if we are feeling gratitude, we'll go 10 times beyond what we're asked to do and be happy to contribute. You yeah. mentioned appreciation as being a very important quality in a customer service leader. What are other qualities? Oh, gracious. Let's see. Appreciation, versatility, and being dynamic. I think of those icons of business that were pillars, right? And because they thought, oh, the market's never going to change. We don't need to change <laughs> that. They didn't change. And now they're out of business. And those are the blockbusters. Those are the Sears. Those are... We, we know the stories of Kodak, of service merchandise, where 
they didn't think that they needed to change and be dynamic in their operations. So we need to constantly be thinking and looking on the horizon. Someone else is always out there asking, what do we do and what do they do? And how can I do it cheaper or faster or better or provide a better experience? So there's a lot of noise out there. Someone's trying to, to win our client base. So we constantly have to be versatile and dynamic and think about different ways to one up it and to make an impact with, within that. So uh, I would say appreciation, the dynamic versatility, and just as a leader, being able to listen and be observant and, and being able to connect and, and focus on relationships. Why do you think these things have changed in the digital world? Hugely. We live in an instant gratification society where it's instantaneous needs. So we have to look at the touch points that we provide and how do we keep it personal? How do we keep relationships human by embracing the technology that can often speed up or remove that personal element? So how do we still tailor and make an experience, even though it is a virtual experience or a complete remote or online experience within a chat. So how do we, you know, differentiate and, and make it different for leaders within teams that focus on that hybrid team element, constantly touching base and remaining engaged with our teams, more frequency, more frequency. And then also if it is remote, if that interactions with our guests, tailoring it to them, simply asking how frequently do you want me to follow up, right? How frequently do you want me to touch base and, and personalize and tailor the experience as much as we can to that end user, to that, that customer that we have. I put my mic on mute and I forgot that it was, <laughs> I'm sorry. Going back now, what about effective strategies for like creating a feedback loop with customers and using their feedback to improve service offerings? So necessary, right? We want the feedback. We want the feedback. Yes. <laughs> I call it taking the temperature. I love to take the temperature in the space. What's going <laughs> to, what's resonating? Any, there's so many avenues that we can use. It can be the survey, of course. And I think the world becomes immune to surveys and becomes very numb because we're almost over surveyed, but it can be an email. Thank you. There's the bird dog. If here's a coupon after your experience, come back, come back to us. It could be a phone call. Wouldn't that be cool? Just a random um, phone call. It's taking the temperature of our teams. So do we have a system or a process in place amongst our teams where we say, okay, we're going to see if there is a common thread in our operations. Is there a constant complaint? And is there a constant complaint that's consistent across the journey that the customer is having? And then that's what we address to make the impact on it. There is also, how do we build community? That is where we can really differentiate, especially in that hybrid space, is how do we build community with our customers, with our guests, when they don't want to come to the brick and mortar anymore. So the remote shopping, the pandemic changed everything, right? I mean, you see retail space completely empty. We're online, we're instant gratification. I need it now. So finding out which method and being aware of our customer mindset and what's their preference. Do they want the survey? Do they want the email? Do they want the call? Do they want a text, right? Do they just want to be able to have an avenue to post their comments online? Do we do we create a forum? So as you can tell, 
endless possibilities as to what could be created to take that and get the feedback. But it's not only getting it, it's asking ourselves, what do we do with the data when we do get it? And asking ourselves, how are we going to act? Do we have the budget to effectively look at it? Does the data show we need more staff training? Does the data show that the journey map itself, the process is just really painful when they get to one you know, entry point or exit point? And we have to ask ourselves, how can we, again, act on it and make a difference with it and have fun with it? It's so cool to say, hey, let's just try something. So I'll encourage teams, what could you pilot? So could we take just two or three people within a department or just a separate department or a region if we're nationwide? And can you have the East Coast pilot out a new process, right? And that new process could be a new digital tool. It could be a personal follow-up, anything that's going to differentiate the current experience that a guest gets and then track that. And if that works, then roll it out to everybody and, and make that that impact and, and, and do. So that is a long-winded answer for getting feedback, but I <laughs> it's awesome. And it's also a gift when we have the relationship with our customers and they're able, can you tell my passion behind this? I can't stop talking. Yeah, um, that's, when, <laughs> that's what a podcast is. You're doing great. <laughs> when, when we have a relationship with our customers and they feel that we've provided the environment to gain their insights and they trust us to give that back. Oh my God. That's like the secret sauce. It's this magic formula and it's, it's awesome. And it's really awesome if they feel open enough to also tell us, here's your area of opportunity, because typically we don't get that. Normally they just go on Yelp or online and they write a scathing element or they post on social media, Facebook and Instagram and TikTok. And they'll be like, wait, way to go Southwest. <laughs> it did it again. Right. Or like, or like, you're terrible. Insert, you know, your airline of choice. But I mean, <laughs> right? It's like if our life has been disrupted, that's when I'm going to go to social media. Right. So what a gift if they come back to us and give us insight. And I always tell teams that when we are gaining insight from our guests, that we cannot and must not become defensive or argumentative if it's anything other than the good news that we're hoping to hear. We have to show up in that mindset to say, I'm just welcoming anything that they're willing to give us. That's, and the, I know that it was, it was a loaded question. So the loaded <laughs> response was absolutely warranted. And it's, it made me think about a couple of, of things. Cause I, I, all of that resonates with me, not only as somebody who provides customer service, because I've seen that reaction from our talent network, from our clients, when we give them that transparency and allow for the feedback and build that trust, like it's a, it's an, it's immediate gratification when you're able to get to that point with them, but there's so many layers to it. And like a thousand questions popped up for where this could lead from all of the information you just gave. But, you know, you talked about knowing our customer in order to get that feedback and to pilot the right initiatives to say what works, what do we do with this, then what do we do with the data? So let's talk about building 
this mindset and maybe it's the the organization that Maria referred to in the beginning retail wise we're starting with something that doesn't feel so great so where does employee engagement come in in that sort of a situation in order to then lead us down the path of okay I know what my customers like so here's what I'm going to pilot here's what I'm going to build trust here's how I'm going to retain things and have this welcome environment for this loop of feedback. There's yeah. another loaded question for yeah. you. <laughs> it's and that one I think is 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 easier. It's know your mission. What's your purpose? So I, I think any business venture where we initially start off with what product or service do I want to provide? What's going to make the money, right? But then asking how do I get the buy-in of the team? And that is where the training and the development comes in. I I love this quote and I use this quote everywhere. People support a world they help create. So that buy-in and letting our teams realize that, hey, we're creating the experience. It's building pride from the get-go for our teams. It's ownership, right? And and making certain that there's also accountability in, in that space, that customer service and guest experiences are actually, it's fun. And it's super easy to do on the days that we feel like it. On those days when we don't, that's when the inconsistencies happen. So that training and development is ensuring from the onset that every single team member understands their role, their purpose, and the ripple effects as to how their actions create or deflate the guest experience. And knowing that we as individuals, we all can contribute and and create magical experiences, memorable moments that people talk about and and rave about, or we can incinerate things. (laughs) You know, we we can burn down the building. And that training and development is empowerment. It is communication skills. It is problem solving skills. And also just building awareness of the hospitality training. So just customer service basics, customer service 101, the eye contact, the the firm handshake, the building awareness as to what's going on around us so that we can respond to it. No, it's always interesting too. When I graduated college, I really wanted to be a buyer. So at that time, the there was the executive Macy's buying training program. I know that was like very exciting to get in. And we went through a good nine months of training. And I was all now I'm very shocked when I go buy something and the cashier never says thank you. And I'm the one that says thank you. And that just was like such a like basic customer service 101. But let me tell you, that happens probably 90% of the time where they do not say anything. You say thank you and they look at you like, "Mm mm-hmm, or just like nod. Wow. Happens all the time. Yeah. I know. It's it really I is. I try to give wow. eye contact in every interaction. I mean, even yeah. the individuals that bag groceries, the yes. individuals that are, if, if you're at a car rental spot and you're picking up a car mm-hmm. rental, give, we have almost forgotten how to give eye contact to people and it's shocking and it's such a window to the soul. And I think that people get shocked when you give that like, whoa, you're looking at me. <laughs> like uncomfortable moment. Where's my phone? That. Like, I, I feel like some people think it's like rude or something because of what you said. It's like the window to the soul. It's like, it's like, oh, that was invasive. Don't <laughs> yeah. look at me. We're it's bothering the strangest, them. Yeah, it is. It's the strangest I, thing. I know. Yeah. So Holly, how do you 
go about working with a client? So do you have a very structured program? What do you do? Do you start off with an assessment? And yes, it's always an, it's always a needs assessment. If they pick up the phone and say, Hey, do you do this? Um, yes, we, we typically do. It's diving deeper and saying, yes, I realize that this is what you, you came in to do, but like what else is there? So I'm DISC certified. I also do the five um, behaviors of dysfunctional teams. So large discussions on, on trust, conflict management, because when teams are calling and saying, you know, hey, help help us out, it's not just a, a customer service element. We have to sometimes journey map and reestablish what's the process and identify those pain points to then address Sometimes it's how do our managers help to coach and provide feedback? So sometimes that becomes the the dialogue. So what we really need is communications training for our management so that they can encourage, motivate, and inspire our team members. So absolutely a needs assessment to ensure. I always tell teams that it's not an overnight shift. This is a journey. And if we're talking about a behavior change, if we're talking about influencing the the cultural thread of our teams, it's not an overnight. It's typically not a one and done. It's going to be a time-spaced journey um, and a consulting adventure. And we might identify other opportunities along the way than what we just initially thought. And there are some teams that just say, hey, come in. I just need a one-day snippet and we can accommodate and tailor as, as needed for that. But typically it is looking at overall, it's a journey. So after that needs assessment, we we identify what the time time span is. Is it going to be in person? Is it remote? What can I do to observe the team and, and to learn about the operations? So lots of observation, taking notes, taking those findings back to the client and uh, ensuring that we're on this, the right page. So how do you measure the impact of the customer service initiatives? Measuring the impact is... Uh, And it's hard. Sometimes we can't put a dollar amount on ROI. The measurement could be clicks to a website. Measurement could be show ratio for appointments if we are sending a text or an email or a video. So it could be show ratio to appointments. It could be a rejector analysis as to we retained a certain amount of of customers and guests or they, they exited and went. It could be the closing ratio for sales, how many appointments were, were made. So there's so many different elements that we can measure. But yeah, that's those are just a few that, that come to mind for the measurement. Right. Would you measure a certain element in more than one way? So for example, like we, we do a lot of that because of the layers that we have within our organization. So if we're talking about maybe user experience of a certain aspect of a company's services provided. Maybe there are things like you said, like the amount of clicks that exist in a certain area or the amount of links that get open in email that res- that respond to, or you can track where they're spending most of their time on their web on the website when it's all based around how a person feels when they're visiting a company's or an organization's footprint digitally. Like just as an example, let's say that's what it is. Would you bring in multiple ways of tracking that and get like cohesive metrics? Or do you stick with one thing? Like you said, find what works, find what people respond to and do that. Like, is there a benefit to one way or the other? I don't know that there, I mean, the more data we can get the better, but we also don't want to interdate ourselves. Sometimes within organizations, especially government entities, 
the process itself limits. So there's not that that creative element or the freedom because the, there's policies in place that don't enable that dynamic element to it. So, but there could be all this extra data uh, and, and we can't act on it. So it's just asking ourselves, what, what can we do with it and what can act on it? any way that we can. And there are probably individuals amongst the teams that say, hey, they're spending X amount of time over here. Now, what do we do to expand this out? Or what can we do to make this even better? So there's tons of different ways that we can do. If we look at, are we seeing a referral point that happens? Are they sharing it? Are they communicating it? Are they taking action based off of something that we're telling and encouraging the guests to do? Are they actually taking action or, or not? So there's Again, there's any way that we can measure, but we're always going to go back to the end game, which is what's our mission? What's our goal here? Yeah, that's a, it's an interesting point. Cause I can see what you say about like too much, maybe muddying the waters or something like that. And then we have conflicting things because of how the client or how, you know, who our clients are, are responding to things. A lot of times maybe you think, well, how do I get them to respond to this? Like, how, how do we push this? How do we get that, like a response? It's like, well, instead of doing that, maybe think about how we're delivering it. Is that, is that what it is? Like, do we need a different approach and is adding that pillar of data or that pillar of metrics long-term helpful or too much. And it sounds like it could go either way, which of course is the answer everybody loves to hear is it depends, but it really does. And that's why these things need, like it's so valuable to have somebody like yourself with the experience who can come in and create that custom experience and meet people where they're at. Yeah, absolutely. And and we can, it's that data paralysis where we look and get so inundated with the data that we're unable to move forward. And we constantly want to be asking our, ourselves through any journey is, is this helping? Do we have to go back to that beginning element as to why are we doing what we're doing? What's our mission? What's our vision? Is it, And is this step going to help us get there? Is it in alignment with the culture that we're trying to to do? Is it on the path, on the journey? Are we, have we completely deviated? Always a question to keep going back to. Yeah. Excellent information and a topic that I believe we don't hear enough about. I agree. You know, it mm-hmm. is such an important topic. I feel like many years ago, there was a lot of conversations on right. on customer service. And mm-hmm. now it's, I you can't know. find good customer service <laughs> anymore. You know, like, that's the conversation really that I feel like I'm always bringing up. I it's know. not about the solution. It's like, geez, it really is. what has happened Absolutely. <laughs> to people, the most, you know? Yeah. Understanding that piece. Thing. It's, mm-hmm. it's at an all time deficit. And I use a a restaurant analogy is that it's like a waiting in line element. If we're, if we see a long line, if we see a busy restaurant, right. When we go in and we eat and we look around and we're thinking, wow, you know what, this is a hopping spot. So if it takes that, that server, the staff to approach me, I'm going to be a little bit more patient because, Hey, this is a hopping space. They're busy. I've got some, I've got some patience, right? The kitchen's got to be a little bit backed up. <laughs> if we're at that same restaurant, it's completely dead. And we're not approached if we don't have a good experience. We're going, what the hell is going on? What is <laughs> right. here? Right. Why is it taking oh, up so God. long? Right. So it's is this the time element this that we as a society place on everything. And I think time is also that is probably the biggest pain point that's addressed with every team is that that time and element is what is the interaction? How much time does it take to complete the transaction? How much time does it take to experience 
the, the journey for, for the guest. And is that time that we are placing into that purchase, that experience, that product enjoyable? <laughs> and if it's not, that's when we hear from people because if we wasted in their time, yeah, they're going to be like, ah. I had a funny experience on Monday, a little bit different than you think for customer service, but it was at my dental office. Hmm. So I went on Monday and I was supposed to get some old fillings replaced, the big old silver fillings. <laughs> so I went in and the receptionist said, someone will be right with me. And then they had the dental hygienist who came in and greeted me and brought me in back. And she's like, oh, you're here for a root canal. And I'm like, no. She's <laughs> like, oh, you're getting crowns replaced. I'm like, no, I'm getting fillings replaced. She's like, oh, Okay. And then she said, oh, can we go over allergies? And I was just there a few weeks ago. And I said, well, I, already, I there's nothing changed. She goes, well, we need this. I said, well, I just went over this a few weeks ago. So he, she's like, okay. And then she read what I told them a few weeks ago. And then she said, they'll be right back. So about 15 minutes later, I get a phone call. It's from my dental office wanting to know where I was. Oh my gosh. <laughs> saying, hey, Maria, you had an appointment at three o'clock and we don't see you here? I'm like, actually, I'm in the back room and I'm sitting here. And she's like, well, why didn't you check in? You're supposed to check in before you come in. And I said, well, I did check in. That's how I so, got back here. So then she <laughs> then she came back. She's like, oh, well, you're supposed to make your co-payment beforehand. And I want to say, do you really think I like walk through, put the bib on, the apron, <laughs> put the like... <laughs> Dental glasses on, right? In the back. And I'm just so happy I'm going to uh, oh find the hygienist I'm supposed to work oh with. Oh my goodness. So then I walked out and we just changed our dental insurance on April 1st. So I wanted to make sure that she had the new information. She's like, oh yeah, you're all set. So then yesterday I'm in a meeting. I get a couple missed phone calls and then a text. Hi, Maria, we don't have your new dental insurance. So, so, yeah, that's so, annoying. I know. I mean, obviously, this is yeah. kind of a little bit of a different situation, but I don't situation know what's, what's, happen what, what's happening. Yeah. There, but right. I was like, oh my God. And, and I've been going to the same dentist for many years. I think they're just experiencing some issues. Oh, let alone the new, the dental hygienist had no idea what she was doing. And my, dentist was actually having to tell her, oh, no, no, you don't use that band. That could break the tooth. And then the suction tube that they usually put inside your mouth, she had it outside of my lip. Oh, but yes, I thought it was going to leave. It's like, am I on candid camera? I'm like, I actually started laughing and I was like, oh my God, this is the most crazy experience. So obviously it's, you know, smaller office and I don't know what's going on there, but it was, they definitely need some training. Had a case of the Mondays. Holy it, moly. Yes. Case <laughs> of the Mondays. Really, yeah. It was really bad. <laughs> wow. Every, everything about it. Wow. I love the phone call you got in the chair. <laughs> Maria, <laughs> where are you? And then, and then why didn't you check in? <laughs> That's just... Dear, I, yeah. that is unique. I can, I, that has never happened. Yes. <laughs> Why are you here? I'm in the back room. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so. Oh, a little, bit, man. a little off topic, but yet the same topic. No, but that's it, awesome. it is, right. 
you hear people that like go in for surgery and they're like, <laughs> you're taking, we're operating on the left leg. And they're like, no, the right leg. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. No, what are you doing? Oh, so silly. It yeah. is. It's great. Nice. But, but it does, it speaks to the service and like getting <laughs> your stuff together to make sure that everybody has the same experience, whether it's your good day or your bad day. What do you think, Holly, as we wrap up here, our is like one actionable step a leader can take to create a culture of service leadership and maybe like the long, the long-term benefit or one of the more immediate benefits that they can have by implementing this one change. What one thing, one thing I would bring together a task force and start having conversations. And I would, I would talk to my internal teams and I would start talking to my frequent guests and then maybe a new person. So I would, I would just start asking questions. I would be curious lots, and, and, and just as curious as I can be to start just asking questions. How's it going? Right. Freely. Just tell me, tell me what you're thinking. Take the temperature. Right. And, and that's what I would, you know, say and make it a priority. Yeah. If, if, if we want to change the experience that we're providing to our guests, to our clients, to our customers, we have to make it a priority. Understood. I love that. And I'm glad that you're in the mood of asking questions and getting answers because I have some for you, 10 to be exact. Um, David, do you know what I'm talking about? It's the TTA 10, 10 final questions for our guest. I need this music. I mean, I have to, right? Our music is is bopping. Um, we're big fans <laughs> of it on as my well. Phone. <laughs> so, Holly, we discussed a little earlier our segment at the end of the show, the TTA 10. So I have 10 questions that I'm going to ask you. They are playful. They are fun. A little bit of get to know you better. And the goal is to answer them in 90 seconds or less. And the little demo of sound effects that will come after that when we get the results will depend on if you meet that time requirement or not. Okay. So Holly, the first question not included in the 10 is, are you ready? (laughs) Let's do this. All right, David, 90 seconds, please. Yes, Jocelyn, 90 seconds on the TTA 10 clock beginning now. Holly, what is your favorite way to wind down? I love to snuggle with my dogs. What is your favorite training session to conduct from your library? Uh, I love a good conversation about conflict, but I also love presentation skills. Okay. Movie theater or home on the couch? Ooh, home on the couch. What's one experience from your life you wish you could relive for the first time again? My wedding day or my daughter's first steps? What's the password? (laughs) That's a trick question. (laughs) Name an orange fruit that's not an orange. Dragon fruit? I've seen orange ones before. I'll give you that. Okay. Name a famous Jerry. Seinfeld. What is seven plus three? Ten. Marco. Why did the chicken cross the road? Oh, for dinner. (laughs) And there we have the 10. David, what is the verdict? Well, 
It was a little dicey there for a moment, but let it, let's tabulate the results. Here we go. Holly comes in with a time of 1 minute 15 seconds, well under the threshold. Congratulations, Holly. You were getting a little tricky on those questions I there. Was. You had some difficult ones there. <laughs> made you think. Very good, password? Holly. Did people give the password? <laughs> so to properly salute you, Holly, the TTA 10 Research Department has determined you are a graduate of Indiana University. So famous Indiana alum John Cougar Mellencamp playing here. Yes, in fact, Holly is a Hoosier, and she faced the challenge today by saying, who's your daddy? You have honored the standards set by fellow graduates of Indiana University, past and present, like lovable metrosexual actor Kevin Klein, trailblazing and perfectly quaffed TV personality Jane Polly, the $6 million man, Lee Majors, and actress Florence Henderson. What's up, Carol Brady? Now, Holly's home is Aurora, Illinois, which, of course, is the home of Wayne's World. Excellent. Party on, Holly. Okay. We know you are expert at training customer service representatives, so we need to tell you that this call may be recorded for quality assurance. And also because we wanted to record your quality awesomeness. May we all say, we're not worthy. We're not worthy. Hallelujah, Holly. You are a TTA 10 champion. Yay. Woo. <laughs> That I was mean, excellent, David. Or what? <laughs> <laughs> sure I want to know, know the outtake if, if you don't do it. <laughs> right. I, We've had some really fun ones. Yeah. So, although here, I, I will say this, we're doing time management on Friday. So that would be kind of funny if I could have, that would be bad. <laughs> like, I wouldn't be able to do that. I we would have started it with that. Be like, so oh, take it or leave it. But here's how Holly performed on a time management this week. I'll, I'll give you one bit, Holly. Had you failed, we would have said Aurora, Illinois, Wayne's World. Congratulations on the great job you did. Not. That was it. <laughs> there you go. A little taste of both for you. Yeah. Holly, you are so much fun and have such a wonderful energy. And this was a great topic of discussion. We had a great time. So thank you for sharing um, some of your day with us. I agree. It was a true pleasure to get to know you. I mean, Jocelyn's just been an amazing resource. And the entire team, everyone is amazing. So thank you. For more information on creating a culture of service leadership and bringing Holly into your organization, visit us at thetrainingassociates.com. We'll see you later.